Keegan, guess what? <laughs> what? We need a catchphrase. Why was this a question? I don't know. I think it's Why usually a statement. But, Gosh, fine. Eric, Keegan. do your job. God, Keegan, what do we need? I, <laughs> I don't know, Eric. Brain. <laughs> we need a catchphrase. That's what we need. I need a heart, and you need a brain. <laughs> and you need courage. Courage, yeah. The courage was the third one. Yeah. Oh. So, Keegan. What? We need a catchphrase. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I have one. I have one for you. Okay, what is it? Um, the webcams are on, and we're we're making comics. But we're not making comics right now. But we're the webcams talking. are on. That's true, but doesn't this mean we're making comics? It doesn't make any sense. But we are making comics and the webcams are on. You could say the sun is shining, but the ice is slippery. Fine. You don't like my catchphrase? That's fine. I don't. All right. But I still like you. You're a good person. Okay, fine. Who are you, Keegan? I'm Keegan. I'm Eric. <laughs> Who are you, Keegan? <laughs> All right. Yes. And, and who are we? We're dumb comic creators. Exactly. And what do we do, Keegan? Bad intros to our podcast every single week. Because we don't have a catchphrase. We go the number of people who have turned this podcast off is probably a lot, a high number I, in the first three I minutes. I would almost be willing to guarantee you, Keegan, the number of people that have turned off our podcast is <laughs> equal to the number of people that have ever even listened to it. Because eventually they probably would want to leave and be like, "Why am I besides being trapped and like just listening to our podcast?" Hell. Well, maybe maybe our podcast ends and the next thing comes on. That doesn't count as. All right, continue, continue. Let's okay. continue this intro. It gets worse. It gets worse every time. It does exactly. Okay, who are our guests? I'll ask you a question. We have Joe Castiel and Jacob Fleming. I get that right? Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. First time. <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> Joseph or Joe? Either's fine. Joe Joe Castile. Joe Castile. And Jacob Flamang. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Okay. Cool. After. The uh the Bond character or author? The author? Yeah, spelled just like that. Though my whole life everybody has assumed it's two M's, it's just one M. Really, people think Fleming has two M's every single time. Like, whenever. Seriously. I'm... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. But like, I... all the famous Flemings only have one M, so it's like yeah, I, I wouldn't think Fleming so. Does. If you've ever seen the name Fleming, it's one M every time. Has this like caused problems for you? Have you like gone to like you know, get your driver's license? They said like, no, you misspelled your last name. <laughs> I don't think I've ever run into anything where it's barred me from um, getting important documents, but it's it just comes up. Are you guys spies? Uh, not uh, that I know of. No. Um, unless I'm was in a, one of those sleeper cell situations where there's a code. Right. <laughs> like born, and then you'll like suddenly like get turned on. Or the Mandalorian effect. Yeah. Just, there you go. The original. I say yeah. like three words in a row. We all of a sudden like just like pull up pistols. Like, <laughs> Eric, say three random words. Let's see what happens. Biscuit, chocolate, Fleming. Oh, that wasn't it. Nah, that wasn't it. We can do anything. <laughs> okay, that wasn't it. All right. Why would his name be one of the code words? Maybe he's his, like, you know, his agent keeping him checked. Follow it's up so on him. stupid. 
His name wouldn't be. That would be like he goes into a Starbucks and <laughs> orders a biscuit and a chocolate and they call his name and he's activated he and kills and everyone like, oh, in God. the Starbucks. <laughs> Do you guys, okay, follow question. Do you guys go to Starbucks a lot together? Uh, no, no. We, don't, we don't live in the same state. So, yeah, yeah so that's probably why. See, problem solved. Well, they could be one of them could be a spy and the other one not a spy. That's, that's true. Or I suppose we could FaceTime each other as we walk into Starbucks together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if Jacob also screams you're at Starbucks, and you turn off the phone now. Because somebody's like you know exactly what's about to happen. I don't want to be an accessory to murder, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so uh you guys make comics? Uh, yeah. yeah. Make make a comic. Currently, we're making a comic. Yeah, we are uh, entirely new to the comic uh, process. This is our first comic uh, that we've ever made. And how did you guys meet? Uh, so we're we're friends for our, we've been friends for like at least six seven years at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Jacob used to live in Los Angeles, and I think we just met at a at a party. I heard overheard Jacob talking about Warhammer. Yeah, and it was one of those. Through- Go ahead. Yeah, through Warhammer. It was like somebody's like, what, you play 40K? We're like, well, yeah. let's start I, talking. I, yeah. I just heard that phrase. Like someone was talking about Space Marines at that kind of a party that was not like, uh, that's not the topic you would expect to come up at like a regular house party or something like that. And I said, I'm sorry, hold on a second. Are we talking about Space Marines here? And then we just sort of started meeting up for that. Next thing you know, we, we kind of just became friends playing video games together, um, you know, going out to movies and that kind of stuff. Nice. Nice. And, and then you both... like... oh, sorry, go Eric. No, this eventually lets you guys create comics. Say that again. This eventually led to like after many of movies, uh Warhammer 40k, yeah. Dice Rolls, uh Soldiers yeah. Destroyed. I'm sure we talked about comics. I mean we both uh yeah. we... Love comics. So the, I think the short version of the story is Jacob took a uh, intro to cartooning class uh, mm-hmm. and for his project, it was to make like just a simple, like, I don't know, 10 page comic or something. And he spitballed an idea without, I, I, I had no privy to any of this, uh, came up with the concept, made the first like six or seven pages and sort of just shared it with me and a couple other friends. Like, Hey, this is a project I'm working on. And I immediately like fell in love with the concept and the characters. And I had all these ideas and I was like, Oh, Jacob, you, uh, you know, know this character could have you could have added a line like this and you could have added a line like that and jacob was like you know honestly i'm i'm really just into the art here i don't know i'm kind of in over my head with the story if you're interested by all means feel free to help write this comic and i've never done anything like that before but i was excited about the challenge and it was sort of it was like a passion project from day one like nobody asked for this we didn't even know we were interested in something like this and i kept feeding off of his energy and he kept feeding off of my energy and we kept swapping ideas and next thing you know we were like cracking ourselves up with our own concepts and we ended up with a comic nice mm-hmm. nice joe uh have you written screenplays and other uh, other stuff i've done very minor amounts of creative writing um what i I feel like I'm a good storyteller, but it's all orally. Um, like my whole life, I've been sort of the kind of person that just tells really um, captivating stories, sort of like you won't believe what happened to me, but like with the kind of details that make somebody feel like they're there. Um, and I've always loved movies that are heavy dialogue-esque, sort of like um, uh, like the Kevin Smith early movies where it's just a lot of dumb banter. And I've had a lot of people say, ah, you should consider stand-up, that sort of thing. So comedy was always my 
um, a background that I had. And so when I approached writing, I, I didn't approach it from like a, I'm going to write a novel standpoint. I think I approached it more of a, um, I can write banter between two people, um, uh, hopefully pretty, pretty decently. <laughs> how, and so how did you make the, um, sorry. So how did you research writing comics or did you? A little bit. Like I said, this is all from totally new. Now, granted, um, I've read comics my entire life since I was a kid from reading like, you know, the, the funnies in the newspaper and whatever odd Spider-Man comic I've read since as an adult with my own income, I'm just buying a ton of comics. So I've, I at least was familiar with the medium. Uh, Jacob heavily recommended a book called, do you remember what it was called? That comic creation book? Oh, Understanding uh, Comics. Yeah. Understanding. Perfect. Understanding Comics. I And uh, it was something that he got recommended from the class he was taking. So I got it on Amazon and I just, you know, it's pretty much in. the Bible for doing yeah, this. Absolutely. Yeah, essentially. And so um, it was hey, sort of- joining in this cult. Uh, here's your Bible. <laughs> it's Understanding <laughs> Comics by Scott McLeod. So, yeah. Punch so, so was that, go ahead. Or punch not included was all I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I, I kind of skimmed through, we, you know, I, I read through it for the first few chapters, I started getting ideas and we just started with a rough draft, essentially, and um, a lot of editing um, and a lot of back and forth. And we started learning from our, our own mistakes and stuff and just kind of did it ourselves. Yeah, cool. Uh, do you have anything you'd say besides you know, picking up the Bible uh, comics, like to anybody that wants to become a comic book writer? Because obviously you guys just through your friendship, through just your love of storytelling, through your love of arts, decided to go for it. Any words of wisdom? I mean, if you're interested in making comics, I would just say do it because like you only learn from actually executing the whole process of making a comic. And like, that's, I think the, the first project I did was actually for a different class. Cause I went back to uh, community college for graphic design classes, mostly primarily. This was the first year that they had offered cartooning but i made a another comic just for just because i wanted to i've always wanted to do it but i just never sat down and did it um and i learned a lot like i was just like beating my head against the <laughs> the computer trying to like make this thing that i had no idea how they really worked i mean i liked reading them but i didn't i didn't know how to like tell a story and panels and pages so were you drawing digitally oh uh, i was uh, coloring and lettering digitally um, okay. but I, but I was doing it all traditionally. Oh, cool. That's yeah. good. This is a, uh, I found, I found a script on your Facebook page. Yeah. I, I, this looks like a post I made where I, we showed the progression, the evolution <laughs> of a single page of a, yeah. of a comic. Yeah. So this is page one of the next issue. Of right? issue three. I issue think, three. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Is this how it's formatted or was this like a weird? Not currently. Okay. No, what we'll do is he'll, he'll give me something that looks like this and be like, all right, let's make a Google doc. And then we collaborate over Google docs where we can like leave notes and comments. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so if I, uh, there's, there's technically a step before this and it's where I just like regurgitate uh, <laughs> stuff onto like a notebook pad. Um, okay. And funny enough, we get into a situation where 
Jacob and I are like, all right, we're ready for issue three. But Jacob can't even begin until I start. And I said, OK, I'll get to it. And it's one of those things where like I just never it's hard to like, when do I get inspired? I, 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 to touch on the how do you get started with it? The answer is just by doing, you know, like um, I always have that imposter syndrome of like, it, is this funny? Is anyone else going to be interested in this? And the only way that I can get through it is to just start, essentially. And the only way I've found to have inspiration is to be stuck in a, in a place where I'm waiting for something and have a ton of free time and I don't have access to something like video games or my phone, I, I got my notepad and I just start churning out um, script essentially. And so sometimes I'll come home and I'm like, Jacob, I had two hours with nothing to do. I pumped out all of scene one of issue three. And it's just like, like hard to read, like uh, handwriting with like X's and arrows in different <laughs> places. So Jacob was like, all right, just put it on, a, you know, add it to put it, uh, type it up essentially. So I just, word vomit take my word vomit and put it to page one and this is the first thing i send to jacob and then jacob is the kind of person that has a lot more structure than i do and he turns into what looks like a screenplay basically okay okay so this is what you write up but but do you write panel numbers or anything no um, so uh, no. i i i um oh. i hit i do the script like as if like two people are talking and jacob is really great at interpreting the script and visualizing in his head how it's going to lay out onto the page so okay. this is all so this is all jacob oh interesting oh, hey that's fine uh i love that's what i love about comics is that every single person has their own system mm. and there's no set way of doing any of this uh it's whatever works for everyone so i'm just picking your brains about your process a little bit so after he sends you the dialogue basically or, or like in some of the scene headings, I'm, I'm guessing. Right. Uh, you, you storyboard. Is that? The yeah, next I'll question? do thumbnails. Um, and sometimes I won't use a template. I think for these first several pages, I did, and then I was like, oh, I'll just do it in my notebook. And okay. then, um, then I'll post this. I'll actually take a phone picture. I think that's just a phone picture. Okay. And I paste it into our Google Doc so that we nice. can look at the pages or like after I do the breakdowns the dialogue and just make sure it reads you know make sure it actually flows correctly yeah. i, I want to add something before we get here we have mul we have a heavy editing process of the dialogue <laughs> as well so it, oh, it, yeah, yeah. in addition oh, yeah. to regurgitating just my first take on stuff um you'll even notice from that picture of the words the final script is a little bit different so we'll do everything from this conversation is too long to uh this joke doesn't quite land to sometimes you're like, ah, I don't, I don't know if this is an appropriate thing to talk about, you know, like that sort of, we'll have that back and forth and then it'll, uh, it'll hit this stage next afterwards. So we go through some revisions. We have a friend who is very nice enough to donate time and be our, you know, kind of editor. He just reviews, makes some notes. And then me and Jacob go back and forth on, on what we think about the notes. Oh, cool. Um, and then Jacob in the background, it looks like you got your art in the background. Is that like where you work? Uh, for listeners, for those that don't, they can't see us. Jacob has a work desk. Joe has a nice dog. Um, so he has something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This it's the drawing table and pens and pencils and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm working on a page for issue three uh, currently. Nice. Nice. So you're in LA, Joe. Where are you, Jacob? Uh, we moved from California to Arkansas. We're living in uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas, which is like right on the border of Oklahoma. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Are you from the it, South? 
No, <laughs> I lived in California my whole life. Oh, and okay. Then, uh, my wife was from Colorado originally, and she um, just had like a work opportunity. She's a winemaker, so okay. there are wineries out here, and she got offered a the head winemaking position. So she, uh, wow, you know, yeah, big pay increase for like really good cost of living here. So <laughs> you live like kings. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of you know, but it's it's a. Uh, it's nice. in your and castle actually, in I, Arkansas. Yeah, and Arkansas has grown on me. Well, parts of Arkansas have grown on me, but yeah. Oh, nice. Are you a beer nice. person at all, or no? Is that not allowed in your house? Beer? Oh, totally. She doesn't like beer. Um, she okay. her taste buds. I mean, she's she can taste, or she's she's honed her skill at tasting. Uh, so bitterness of hops like really turn her off. She can't really deal with that. The wine has just burned all of that out of her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to know, like one day you show up like with a six pack and she's like, get that out of here. <laughs> <laughs> she's very tolerant. Thank okay. Of the com- com- competition, really. That's what that yeah. is, right? Yeah. She just <laughs> sees a beer bottle. She smashes it on the ground. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is a wine house. We drink wine. <laughs> I got some white wine. If you want some fish, I got some red wine. If you want some steak, we're good. <laughs> you even know what I'm trying to do here? <laughs> Yeah, it's really you know, grown up. I, I actually, you're a wine person. Yeah, I'm sure you know? she's a lot more mellow than that yeah. <laughs> and tolerant. So, uh, yeah. And Joe, same question to you: beer or wine? Oh, definitely uh, beer. Um, I have oh, almost, I have no f- palate for wine at all whatsoever. F- <laughs> um, like I'm capable. Uh, let me let me take a step back and say that I'm I'm certainly capable of of drinking it uh, in the circumstance where everyone's having wine. I won't like you know push it aside or anything like that. But given the opportunity, I just don't have a taste for it. Um, I just don't. It, it's one of those like you have to really work hard to appreciate it, and I'm I just I haven't put the time in. Joe, you broke my heart, Joe. I'm, so- <laughs> I'm a beer guy. I'm sorry. I'm also a beer guy, so I'm not going to be one to complain. So. And Jacob. Do you accept Joe? <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So after you guys get the uh, the storyboard down, then it's just pencils and inks, right? Is that? Pretty much, yeah. And from each issue, I've kind of taken a different approach. Um, I did basically traditional for the, um, the first issue and then colored and did everything that way um now in the second issue actually i went full digital and just worked off of a wacom tablet and oh, i interesting. decided i hated it <laughs> yeah it just actually i thought it was going to be faster and it actually slowed me down quite a bit. did you do the color in issue one mm, i did yeah i did the color okay. in issue one we actually hired a, a colorist to do issue two and then i'm working doing the coloring again on issue three okay yeah. And where could they find these comics that are so, so wonderful? Uh, the comic is called Curses, and the website is CursesComic.com. It's easy um, to find, yeah. Yes, cur- find. Curses is a double entendre. It's about a mummy's curse, and also they curse in the comic. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> they do? <laughs> yes, <laughs> just a little bit. So Curses, it's about Meg and Rosa, and uh, where... Are they kind of in LA? Is that? 
No, so uh, it, it's a made-up town for sure. It's called Hesby, okay. California, uh, and we. It was actually a tip from our editor, who was like, "You get a lot more uh, creativity, uh, cre uh, creative liberty if you if you don't stick to a real town, essentially." Um, but originally, it was supposed to be based off of Fresno, which is sort of yeah. the area that uh, Jacob is from. Yeah, that's where um, I grew up. Okay. So, we, but ideally, it's this concept of like a. a like a, a a kind of a dumpy town that not to discourage on fresno in fairness but the the idea is a, a town where there's just not a whole lot of interesting things going on essentially okay i see and and, and how did you uh kind of develop these characters i really just was like off the cuff you know i came up with them for the um the thesis project for this class um okay. i think first i came up with the idea that i wanted to draw mummies um <laughs> And mostly the reason why I wanted to do that is because um, it's really easy to draw their anatomy or to make into foreshortening because they're just wraps the whole time. So yeah. you just, you could put them in any position. I was like, oh, that's just wraps that arms just made of. And no hands. And no hands, yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I just, I think I just had uh, drawn these female characters like in my sketchbook and I decided I'll just take these and put them in the story and yeah. Yeah, and interestingly enough, when we when I got the concept from Jacob and I was so excited about it, I really just didn't know much about these characters. And uh, the more I talked to Jacob, it turns out that he had sketch concepts set up, but not really fleshed out as to who they were going to be. So I kind of just took a look at them and got a gut feeling as to as to who they were going to, you know, like uh, this one's going to be more this way, this one's going to be more that way. Um, we actually had a, um, I think in issue one, uh, we were halfway through the comic before I realized that we both thought Rosa was of a different race than we thought she was. I oh. thought Rosa was supposed to be Hispanic and he was going for the uh, like mix half black, half white. And I, and I was like, I just, from the name alone, I guess I didn't even think about it. And he said, Oh, it was closer to like Rosa Parks and it made perfect sense. And then once that clicked, uh. we, we went from there and I, and I started writing, I guess, more in tune for what I was thinking for what Jacob had originally decided, but it was one of those things that just the images alone is what inspired me to write um, personality for the characters. Interesting. Interesting. Cool. Um, and then, so there's a curse, there's a curse. Uh, can you explain the story a little bit? Like just do a little breakdown for our listeners. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So the, the short version of it is um, that there is a new mummy diet in t a trend in town and unbeknownst to those who imbibe it, it, it marks them with some sort of a curse. And uh, as a result, um, a, every time someone is marked, a mummy mystically appears out of like uh, mystic lightning and it has essentially been conjured just to beat up the person that uh, has imbibed the drink. Um, the audience doesn't know that until about the end, uh, the beginning of, uh, uh, the, towards the end of issue two. It's slowly starting to reveal why they're showing up. But as far as the characters are concerned, one day they're going about their business and a mummy pops up and nobody wants to believe them and they have to sort of figure this mystery out on their own. Good mystery and yeah. comedy. It's I hope so. Street comedy. Yeah. Yes. So how you develop the characters, you said, like, you literally looked at them and developed them, who they are. You like, also have backstories when you do that, too. I just wanted to follow up on that. Yeah. Um, it, Jacob helped me a lot with that. So uh, I would, I have these long commutes for work where I will just call Jacob and tell, you know, it's, again, this whole thing is fueled based off of uh, our passion for the project. And we'll start spitballing ideas. And 
I'll be leaning in one direction and Jacob will say, you know what? I, I don't know. I just kind of felt like it sounded more like this. And I'll do a hard U-turn and say, God, that sounds so much better than what I was leaning with. And certainly it was it was during the script writing process. It was like, who are these people, right? Um, the And that was uh, also helped with our edit from our editor. We would have a script that's all dialogue heavy. Um, and our editor would say, you know, that's fine, but you got to think about who these characters are supposed to be. And that might actually help with what their motivations are or where they end up in dialogue. Um, and it was just a very sort of um, fluid process uh, with Jacob. Um, Is your writing style more that you have an end in mind, you're trying to figure out the path to get there, or are you just following the path wherever it may go? I I absolutely find the path wherever it may go. So now that we've developed these characters, we've got Megan is sort of the the brash um uh like a uh, reactory sort of character very sarcastic and rosa we play as the straight person like a, an intellectual more kind and compassioned um but very much uh loves her friend and so they kind of interact with each other what we then do or what i essentially do is i place those two in the next scene and I don't know what's going to happen until I write the dialogue, essentially. So they go back and forth, and I'm like, "What? What is? What are they going to talk about here? What's the catalyst?" And and then then when an event happens, what would this person say? What would that person say? And in the editing process, we'll get some. We've nixed whole scenes. Sometimes we'll I'll I'll end at a certain spot, or I'll decide a, a scene is going to be at a certain location, and Jacob and the editor will say, "It's just kind of boring," and so we'll put them in a different spot and then I'll roll the dialogue with how it would it to me how it would act out yay you know hey they're in a library and a mummy shows up what are they what are they talking about before what are, how do they react when it happens what instinctively do they do and how does it end up and then when we kind of take a step back we'll say wow that really worked or sometimes like nah, rework it so um I have a shell that I've talked with Jacob before about kind of like an arc of at some point, we're going to meet a, a, a villain. At some point, the, the villain's going to be defeated. So we, if we want to pace it out over X amount of comics, we have that shell. And then when I get to an individual issue, I'll have a shell like, um, in this issue, we're going to learn more about the characters and we're going to meet a new character. Uh, and I'll have that as like check marks that need to happen at some point. But otherwise, it's it becomes fluid based off of the dialogue that I'm writing. Cool, cool. Uh, Jacob, let's let's uh, switch to talking about the art a little bit. Um, what what is your what are your influences for for your art style? I I guess I'll start there. Um, gosh, um, I don't know. I I so I used to draw a lot when I was a kid, and I put it down for a long time. Um, I have always been into like visual storytelling, so I like I went to when I was living in Los Angeles. I worked in the film industry for a long time. So I, I hadn't drawn in years. And then when I went back to school, I, you know, picked up a pencil again and started drawing in a sketchbook and then, you know, took some anatomy classes. Um, and I would start reading more contemporary authors uh, or creators and stuff that I missed when I was younger. Like I, I never heard of Paul Pope and I absolutely love Paul Pope. I don't think I draw like Paul Pope, but I, I definitely like um, his use of the brush which, you know, in issue one and the, these images, I was using a brush. Okay. Um, and artists like uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, whom I really like his art. <laughs> Huge fan of that guy. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm, if I'm really 
drawing a lot of those influences. I probably am, um, but I and I don't know necessarily where. Have you have you been drawing for a long time, or is this kind Not of a really. new development? I, I've probably since I took a break from when I was younger. I have only been drawing now for like four years. Okay, and and when you were younger, were you drawing comics or just doodling? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was like making my own um, like Spider Man comics. I think <laughs> one time, uh, I, you know, I had picked up um, and I actually have it like on my shelf somewhere to um, how to draw comics the Marvel way. Like I would. Mm -hmm ape john buscema and i would just like draw those pictures like directly out of the book and where um, you, you were able to do it then using that eh, not really uh, that and also gave me, like, i would like find jim lee drawings and i would try to like copy jim lee i think i found a jim lee drawing of the thing which took me freaking forever because i wanted to get every single little scale <laughs> exactly oh, wow <laughs> I think I learned a lot because like mileage is really uh, beneficial. And I think I put a lot of mileage in on like little pieces like that. But uh, yeah, like copying stuff from like Nintendo Power or Wizard Magazine, like that's, that was like my practice. My and what, what about inking? Did you learn that in the class that you took or? Uh, kind of, yeah, we did cover like how to do it. Um, but really it's just trial and error, um, a lot more error. I think there's, <laughs> Pages like these are like just covered in white out, but oh yeah, oh, but it's yeah. uh, but it you know it's it you just have to have you get a feel for it and uh, eventually you know. Kind so you of do, do you do pencils by hand and you ink by hand? Do you do the color by hand? No, I don't know how to do that. I I mean I do it all digitally. I just uh, scan it in and then color everything Photoshop. Okay, Photoshop. Um, what what are your color influences? Oh, um, that I can name. Um. Who is the guy who colors Chris Samney all the time? Matt. Mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna forget the name right right offhand, but he he colors a lot for um, Big Two Comics. Oh, and he did um, Paper Girls. Oh gosh, what is his name? I probably have that somewhere around. But anyway, he um, I was actually looking at Paper Girls a lot. Matt Wilson. Matt Wilson. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, Paper Girls. All right. Yeah, um, I absolutely love his uh, coloring style, like the way he uses uh, coloring holds for um, like onomatopoeias and containing um, contour lines. Like he's uh, really, I, I really like his, his um, palette. Yeah, his, yeah, his palette. Yeah, I see the connection now, just looking at, at his work a little bit. Um, so it's kind of like this, uh, are you thinking about throughout the, comic when you're coloring do you think about the tones and do uh i i try to um i don't like look at it in black and white so um if, if things kind of get out of whack i think i look at it, um the composition a little bit to make sure i'm not like leaving things too um bland or flat i try to like add a bit of contrast okay interesting okay yeah and i oh. and i definitely leaned a lot more on the desaturated de side in issue one like i really was afraid okay. to go too far because I've, I've always heard that <laughs> like it can um you know be too garish if you like let it get too high um and i didn't really take into consideration that i was coloring in cmyk or i was previewing in cmyk so i was like i gotta uh -huh. keep it down and you know when it went to print it actually was a lot more desaturated than i was hoping for 
Oh yeah. But online it looks fine. I think like the colors here are more what I'm expecting, but in print it's kind of dull. Oh, so, I see. Okay. Live and learn. Wait, so um you have to do RGB for for printing? So um I've watched some videos by uh Matt Hollingsworth. He's another big colorist and, and he recommends coloring in in RGB and then previewing in CMYK while you're coloring in Photoshop. Okay. Gives you like a better idea of what it's going to look like in print. Okay. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, I have more questions. What now that you've done a few of these, what are the, like the biggest key things that you've learned from like one to two to two to three? From an art perspective? Uh, from either, either. You can start, Jacob. Yeah, I would say that, you know, just by putting in time in front of like the drawing table and coloring and then getting it printed and looking at your finished product and then getting people to read it and giving you feedback, like that's super um, valuable to get that sort of like input and experience from like start to finish. Um, so that I feel like we've just gotten faster um, through the throughout the issues. And now that we're in issue three, like we didn't have to edit a whole lot. I think we have like a shorthand now between our communication skills like and I didn't have to draw as many thumbnails um, for layouts you know I kind of think we had we were like on the same page already we knew how to kind of just jump in and execute so oh cool um, and I, I would say very similar for the writing standpoint um, it, it it as as weird as it sounds don't write in a bubble um, it, instead of saying I've written it it sounds great to me let's go with it uh, I, I end up showing it to it as many people as possible so um, and I try getting different types of people to look at it. So like I mentioned, we do have an editor who kind of just helps us with some of the nuts and bolts and, and wording. Uh, me and Jacob, uh, there's a scene in issue three that is based on an actual conversation me and Jacob had that cracked us up. And I wrote it and I showed it to Jacob and he obviously loved it. He remembers the conversation. And then I had, I was like, we find it funny because we had this conversation. Is it possible that nobody else might find this funny? And so that's the process goes to, you know, uh, uh, my girlfriend very much has a great sense of humor, but does not is not into deep um, nerd um, uh, references the way I am. So the question was, is this still funny to a, a lay person? And she, yeah, same thing. She's like, look, I didn't catch all the references, but it was still funny because of the way the banter was set up. So it's a lot of um, getting different perspectives. Um, certainly, I, I, you know, find people of different types to to read it and give feedback. We will. I think in issue two, we gave it to three people to read. Sounds great. And then in the final process, we had someone come back and say, this doesn't make any sense from a, what, what, it was a, we had a scene where Rosa and her manager went in an argument and two uh, people were like, this is extremely inappropriate of, of, a, of, of an interaction between Rosa and her manager. And it was something as subtle as like, she shoves him out of the way to like get to whatever she was doing. And I and me and him read it seems fine. Our editor didn't make note of it, and it wasn't until a couple different people read it were like, "That was weird. It stood out." I, I remember <laughs> thinking like, "That doesn't make any sense for an employee to do that to a manager." And we never would have caught that had it not been, you know, just let other people read it and give us feedback. Yeah, and I think our comic kind of leans more in like the cartoony sort of world. So like that sort of stuff, I'm just like, I'll take it as granted in this in this universe <laughs> but we did end up like rewriting and redrawing that page so oh, cool. interesting <laughs> um final final line of questioning uh, 
uh, once you finished your comic, was it hard to dis- distribute or um, promote? And yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're still learning that part. Um, we had we went to a couple cons and you know tabled there, and that was a really good experience too. I highly recommend doing that just because. What what does tabled there mean? So you would uh, reserve a table and then just show your comic at like a comic convention. So when you had one comic or more? Yeah, comic? so we, at had, the t- yeah, we only yeah, had issue one done at the time. Uh, we were working on issue two, but nothing else was done. And it, and it was the comic we chose specifically, something near Jacob's house was very small, just okay. to give us an idea of what it would be like to showcase at even at a, a real comic, uh, a comic convention. Um, we also took a... I don't know. It's not a class. What, what do you call that? Like a panel? We, we went to a panel on how to make your comics. And we, I, I think, as you can see, had the making part down. And we were excited to get to the uh, how do you help distribute part. And they're like, all right, we got like 30 seconds left. Does anybody want to talk about anything else? I'm like, yeah, how do you get distributing done? And so they had they hit us with a couple ideas like, you know, um, uh, start by uh, getting an online presence, a social media presence, um, get uh, a table at a con and start working from there. Um, and that's what we did with Jacob, uh, um, excuse me, near his hometown. We got just a small convention just to get started and then COVID hit, you know? And so, yeah. We- yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of all moot at this point. You have to- made everything go out. What one of the actual downsides of this is that uh, I, I actually have a family friend who's a promoter for a very large convention. And what he was telling me was their tickets are going to sell out usually um, because they, 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 they know how to scale it to the correct size of the audience. The, and so when he's choosing who's going to be have a table at his convention, it's based on social media presence. So if you have 300 people who want a table and there's only 100 t- tables available, they actually go to your social media account and say, wow, this one's got 10,000 li- or, or followers. This one only has 10 followers, you know, and so it's. it's sort of like a a double-edged sword where we want to get a following on social media so that we can go to a convention and show people our comic to potentially get more people to follow. So we still haven't figured out that, that first step we're, we're trying, we're still trying to to break in, I guess. Facebook keeps telling me I should pay for advertisements, which I haven't done. (laughs) Russian bots as a Russian spy, um, (laughs) you know, you should have access to those. Well, there you go. If I had been activated, I would I would have known the those answers. Yeah. Camel, hardback, fish liver. Yeah, that didn't work. No, they're not. They're not activated, Eric. Not activated. I'm you guys have been really great guests, and I learned a lot actually just by in this quick conversation. Eric, so any other not- questions? Or no, besides Curse Comics, where else can we find you? Um, we're on, so we have social media. Um, our <laughs> Facebook page, I think, is just Curse's Comics. Uh, yeah, Curse's Comic on Curse. Facebook. So facebook.com slash Curse's Comic. And the Instagram is The Curse Comic, I think. The Curse yeah. Comic, yeah. And my art is at uh, Jacob Fleming Art um, on Instagram. I don't use the Twitter or the Facebook, so I'm only only on Instagram. Only on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah so we've got and i oh i'm sorry one more thing i was going to mention about uh where then the other thing we're thinking of doing as far as distributing is um we're thinking of going to some of these like uh, free um web comic delivery apps um and just throwing them up there for free to see if anyone's interested um i think jacob was looking into yeah it was like tapas and tapas then... was the one that we were looking into oh cool okay so maybe look for it on tapas too yes we'll see. hopefully yeah it might awesome. be to make that happen but uh yeah yeah well thanks so much guys and yeah thank you for having us yeah really and uh, maybe we'll have you on when three comes out and we can talk about it awesome maybe. we'd love yeah. to do it this awesome. was a lot of fun guys it was good to meet maybe you the rams will win the super bowl so we'll have, like... <laughs> rams against the i'm sorry yeah. i've interrupted you three times now I've no it's okay <laughs> like every single time joe has spoken like i'm literally two seconds behind and be like interrupt 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 <laughs> We have the same timing, I, th I think is what it is. We're on the same comedic timing. Yeah. yeah. Same way <laughs> well, um, uh, bye, guys. Thanks. Bye. Thank yeah. you. Bye. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Bye. Fun guests. Fun guests. Fun, fun guests. Yeah. Thank you so much, Joe and Jacob Fleming. 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 For coming and, on. And Castlevania, Joe Castlevania. Definitely check out their website. It's CursesComic.com. You can read their first two issues for free right now if you just go on there. Two full comics. And one thing we like on this podcast is comics. So it's definitely worth checking out and reading. CursesComic.com. Check them out on Instagram the curse comic mm -hmm. yeah so eric i have news or i have something i want to talk about today what do you wish to talk about keegan i want to talk about this site called global comics comics with an x.com and it's a it i think it's a new site honestly it has a, a few comics on there already um, and it's a site where you can upload your comic and give your your online reader a better experience reading your comic. Um, have you heard of this site, Eric? I have not. Can you please tell me more? So you go on and you're a publisher, right? We're making comics on this show. So uh, click on publish, make an account. You can, you go on the dashboard. It'll give you a button to like create a new release, right? Mm -hmm. And on that screen, it'll let you upload uh, image files, zip files, and PDF files, including like the comic.cbz, which I know some of our listeners will know about, uh, but I uploaded PDFs, I uploaded JPEGs. It has no problem reading the files and creates these that you can see on the back end. Um, you, you also put in the title, the, the synopsis, and um, and then you if you want to, you set a cover. What else? Okay, so you set a cover. Then you can edit these pages to be readable by the viewer, right? So here's like a preview of this comic, which already came out, right? I just wanted to upload the first death maze and make it readable, more readable. 
right? Mm -hmm. So, so now when somebody reads this comic, they'll see like these different frames as they scroll through, and it'll show and it like kind of highlights what you want it to highlight as they're reading. So now when people are reading my comic, they go panel by panel and it's zoomed in and it's bright and clear. And the rest of the comic is sort of grayed out so you can't see it as well. So you're really focusing on each thing that you want them to look at. So this way they're showing a shining light on whatever panel you're supposed to be reading at that time. Right. And... Um, what I really like about this is that for independent comic creators like ourselves and probably our listeners, there's very little in very little in the way of distrib distribution to get your comics out there for people to look at online. And what I mean by that is you can't really post a PDF on a website, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of us have to either upload JPEGs or PNG png files to the website and then people scroll through which is nothing like reading a comic right P page turns mm -hmm. or you have to like sign up for a paid service or you have to settle for having people scroll vertically on, a, on something like tapas or um, webtoons which are great sites for reading comics but most of them i mean they're vertical sites and unless you specifically wrote your comic to be vertical, it, it's very hard to take a dynamic styled comic page and turn it into a vertical read for people, right? Like this wide panel I have here just does not work on a vertical phone scroll because it's too wide and it's not, you're like not close enough, enough on what's going on here without completely redesigning this panel right? Which I can't do because I'm not the artist. I'm not the letterer. I'm not the colorist in this panel. So it would take a lot of work to like rework this panel to fit a tapas or a, web, or a webtoons style, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what this global comics site gives you the option of doing is putting your comics up for free and giving people a really good way, an easier way of reading it, right? That's all I'm, I'm talking about here. It's just ease of readability, which is really good. What do you think of this so far? I think it's a brilliant idea and it's a great tool for new comic book creators, yeah. whether they're dumb or smart. Yeah, and it's really easy to do. I'll show you. Um, so I have Death Maze 3, it's coming up soon. So I've uploaded the files just a couple of the two pages, right? For Death Maze 3, I put on here. So you go into the editor. So I have the first page here from Death Maze 3 mm -hmm. and previously unseen. Uh, so you just click new frame and then you drag your mouse over the frame and it makes a box. And then what you can do is you can edit those sides of the box, right? You just highlight the corners and you can click and drag to edit where the corners go. You can also add key, like more points to this box to make it into any shape you want, basically. So it, not just a square. So if you had a triangle shaped part, you could do it that way. Right, exactly. Or, any, any shape you can pretty much get from this, 
from this panel editor. And then when you are ready and you think this is the, the shape that you want, you hit preview and it'll show you exactly what it looks like on the page. And then uh, if you have lines that are overlapping something that you don't want, you just go back to open an editor, you edit those lines to be where you want them to be, and then switch back to preview and make sure that they're good. And then when you wanna do the next frame, you just hit new frame, click and drag, and you've got two frames. And now when somebody reads your comic, they can use the mouse scroll wheel, they can use the arrow keys. Um, it's very easy for people to read this now. And that's the editor, it's that easy, really. So uh, what I like about Global Comics, it's easy to use, it's easy to upload your files, it's easy to edit them, it's easy to uh, publish, it's easy to type in the information about the comic. Um, yeah, pretty much it's really easy to use compared to other, I mean, workarounds, right? Um, what I don't like about Global Comics is the payment structure. And this is pretty wonky, I think. If you are wanting to make your comics paid on Global Comics, people have to buy credits to buy, to, to read your comic, basically. Do you like credits, Eric? No. So what I don't like about credits, Eric, is that single readers, like people, your friends and family who aren't into comics, they're not going to want to buy credits because they're not going to use all the credits they buy. And so they're going to feel ripped off, right? Yeah. So when somebody buys 100 page credits on Global Comics, they can read 100 pages of any comic, right? So they, mm -hmm. they read like the 15 pages of my comic and then they have what, like 85 pages left over and they're like dollars for nothing, you know? Yeah. Like I'm not going to read also if they start, they decide to read that. If they read into it and they're halfway through one comic, they're like, I have to go buy another hundred pages to finish up one comic. Well, if the, if that comic's over a hundred pages, right? Well, no, I'm saying, let's say they, I'm saying no, cause it's a hundred pages. Let's say they do fits. Let's say they do, uh, let's say they read a 60 page comic and a, in a 50 page comic yeah they would have to spend they'd have to buy buy another 100 credits page credits for another 10 pages right okay so just our describing this is convoluted right just mm -hmm. like uh so that's one thing i don't like about this is the page credits and especially for non-avid comic people credit system is just confusing and annoying and it's not what they want to do, right? But on the flip side, this makes it really easy. They do, uh, they do share revenue with creators on this, and it is easy for people for you to set the number of pages that are paid or not paid on your comic. So, like the default on this platform is ten pages free, and then the person has to pay for the, the rest of the comic, right? Um, and I'll say there's quite a few graphic novels that are over a hundred pages. And there's there's plenty of books on here that are worth the money, the $5 or whatever you'd spend to like read, you know? So it's not all bad. I just like, page credits are just annoying. 
everything else about this platform is amazing. Uh, but yeah, that, that's my two cents about the credits. So if you're just putting your comic up for free, then this is a perfect site for you, right? And you can do that. You don't have to pay anything. They don't, you don't have to make anyone pay. It can all just be free if that's what you want. So in terms of free comic book reading, this is a really good site. The other, the competitor in my mind right now for free is the one I've been using for Death Maze Comics, which is AnyFlip. And it's mm -hmm. not really meant for comics, but it works really well for comics. And AnyFlip is basically, you can embed it on your own website, which global, global comics you can't embed on your website. Um, and it gives people like that feeling like they're flipping the page too, which is different. But you see the whole page and then if you double click, it'll zoom in uh, and then you kind of use your mouse or your finger to drag it around. It's a basic PDF viewing experience, right? but it's pretty professional and it makes a person feel like they're actually reading a comic. Yeah, sort of. But like on the flip side, it's hard to like zoom in correctly, right? Uh, on this platform. Um, hit the plus button a bunch of times to get it into the where you can actually read each frame correctly, you know? So like you, you can't actually read this comic. I, I have the comic up right now showing Eric. You can't actually read it from this far away because the, the type is too small. And you when I double a lot. and when I double click, it's still kind of small. So mm -hmm. I, I just think it's like it's not built for comics, really, is what the problem is, right? It's built for PDFs and and documents like that, you know. So so that's really our recommendation this week or like our little comic talk this week. I wanted to bring up global comics and using it and we'll probably be promoting some links pretty soon. So yeah. What did you think? Um, I think it was a good talk and it's a good tool for all you new comic creators out there to be able to just get the word out, get the press out on your work. So Eric, have you read any comics? I have read a comic. I read a comic called Glurk and Bo. Oh, you mean Glurk and Bo meet an angel of death? Yes. Glurk and Bo meet an angel of death. The comic by uh, the comic Taylor King, our guest. From our, from our, yeah. Our great guest who gave us so much education. Wow. Cool. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Eric, Glurk and Bo, um, conveniently, is uh, available for preview on globalcomics.com, which is the thing that I've been talking about for several minutes now. <laughs> uh, and that's actually how I resource. found Global Comics. But if you want to read a preview of this comic we're about to talk about, uh, go on their website. It's bgcomics.com. And you can click on the link. It'll take you right to Glurk and Bo. So, Eric, what's the story? So the story is it's about two uh, space transporters. Uh, they're truck drivers, effectively, for the space, named Clerk and Bo. Um, while, they are while they are trying to go to Mars, they are unfortunately ver er, weaved off to the side by a meteor storm, and things start to go awry. Bad. <laughs> Not so good. Okay. Not so bene. 
And just for lack of better words, shenanigans start to happen while they are trying to, you know, fix everything, get back to Mars and get back to everything they need. Right. Shenanigans being like this, this sort of like being creeping, creeping this angel them. of death creeping around and trying to kill them. But it doesn't end up being an actual angel of death, right? No, it does not. Also, it, since they were smoking space pot the whole time, I was really wondering if they were just paranoid. Yeah, there is a lot, there is a lot to like see what's ha- how it's going to go in the next couple of issues because it's we don't know whether or not this is all in their head or if there actually is something uh, out to get them. But to completely spoil this, at the end there were creatures like watching them, like mystic yeah. creatures, right? Like, and they so like and, it definitely wasn't in their head. Yeah, the I creatures thought. was manipulating them to go, um, uh, and go into hypersleep, which they do. But please steal this idea. Make a comic about space truckers who get high and then are just paranoid for the rest of the comic with no yeah, other like just, sci-fi thing. <laughs> like literally just the two of them just talking while driving, like, dude, I'm on fire. I'm on fire. Like, dude, you're so on fire. It's like, just them just talking to each other, not being yeah. on fire, just talking to each other. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and let us see that. And then it ends up they're fine and they make it to their destination. <laughs> they wake up and they're like, dude, what happened? They're like, think we made it steal that idea please and then send it to us so we can read it Um, i would love to read that but this book is great because they're not just paranoid there actually is something and it's really strange and it does that great job of making you think right right Mm -hmm. which which is really interesting because to me that was really interesting like i was really wondering if they were just paranoid the whole time and and that was like a fun thing to read about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, what, what about the um, art? I thought the art was done really, really well. Um, I thought it was good, solid art. Um, it like led to a good atmosphere. It led to like detailed, good scenes and good characters. I mean, um, like the backgrounds were actually for some of the issue for a lot of them were actually decent backgrounds. Like they actually like weren't just like the blank screen so for example the one that if you're watching this with this youtube there's actually like pipes in the background they've got machines in the background yeah um like it actually looks like a spaceship it doesn't just look like that too right and um yeah i agree like the character design is really solid it's sort of a little bit cartoony but like not over the top it's still pretty realistic you know, I would say like reminded me of Iron Man comics. I don't know why, but like maybe yeah. 1990s style Iron Man. It reminds me of like the old school, like Iron Man, like before, um, like post Silver Age, but before uh, modern age. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I agree. It reminds me of that too. I agree. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's really it's really good art. Uh, what about the inking? We don't um, usually I, talk about inking, but we should. Yeah, no, the inking, this one I think was also done really well. I think the, um, I'm able to see what they want me to focus, like their, their inking draws me to focus on what I need to focus on and keeps the background stuff in the background um, without taking away from it. It's not, um, it's not a where's Waldo of what I'm supposed to be looking at. 
Right. And the color? Uh, I think the coloring was really good. I really liked it. Um, I really by, liked. By uh, the way, uh, Tom Hoskinson is the illustrator. Taylor King is the writer. Jimmy G is on colors. Mm-hmm. I thought Jimmy G did a fantastic job. I thought Glork really looked really actually cool. I thought for um, he, I too much to my disappointment. I learned last week that Glork is not based or Schlurk. I mean. <laughs> Is not based. Clerk, clerk. it's clerk, clerk, yeah. clerk. Is clerk not based. And yeah, clerk and bow. That clerk is not based on Smurfs. Does <laughs> that very upset me? Yeah. What about the space backgrounds, like kind of being this uh, abstract art type of thing? I really liked it. I thought a lot of them were like. I thought he took like um a sponge and used it to paint how like it was looked like it was done. Yeah. It, looks like actually just really good artwork just like just really solid um coloring coloring yeah so like um for example there the space is done really really well so it looks really good i you know i i think that the colors are like sort of cell shaded there there's very little gradients Mm -hmm. in this comic it's all like kind of flat color but there's like some shadows you know um like there's a a few shadows and mostly it's like one solid color right mm-hmm. um which i i think it, it's like a good style but like when when you have that style and then the rest of the comic is done in this uh well the the space stuff is looks like that um photoshopped you know like you were just saying it's all gradients it's all like this beautiful abstract art type of style. I just found that really jarring from like what the ship looks like here with flat color. But then the fire is like this gradient going from orange to yellow and it has a texture, you know, which is interesting. But, um, and again, like I bring up Lynn Farley, Farley all the time, the, the um, Dark Knight Returns colorist who who used those different washes but like i don't know if she did the cell shading or not but i i don't know in this comic i just thought it was like kind of jar that part really for me i thought i don't know but like it not in the way that detracted from the comic i just didn't personally like i didn't like the juxtaposition did you see what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, like, it goes from like one type of art to another type of art, sometimes within the same panel. Yeah, which is okay. But like, I just per- personally, I didn't, that was something that detracted for me. Mm-hmm. Although like some of this, I mean, sometimes it looks really cool. Sometimes it just didn't work. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say beyond that. Some of it looks really cool. Like this looks really cool with the, flat ship but then like maybe the space that is all gradiented is minimal instead of the whole panel you know so i don't know i don't know where i was going with that i'm gonna edit all this out <laughs> just kidding okay uh so what about the je ne sais quoi the french term no never mind so what about the lettering i thought the lettering was generic nothing super special I thought it was solid. It wasn't um, uh, 
and it wasn't it wasn't bad like so it take so lettering for me to notice lettering it either has to be really bad or really good and okay. it did not stick with me this lettering so which means it was run of the mill which isn't bad it just means that it was definitely right. there yeah nothing special um i you know like these are definitely digital fonts and mm-hmm. um and they're chosen correctly um but but they didn't have much like special style they weren't like stylized beyond being in the correct place right so i, I agree uh what about the je ne sais quoi that's a french term it is. um i thought it was it has a good premise and i think that's what kind of kept me going from page to page i mean like it's a it's a it is a horror comic just space horror comic and all essences and it's a guy that and the truth we told what salt makes a good horror comic is the mystery why is this person killing somebody why are they running i mean if you want a good horror movie you have to have a mystery about it think scream think um uh candy man anything yeah. like that there's a mystery that they're trying to solve that they don't know what's happening why they're doing it or why it's happening and so that has this, like, they don't know what's happening. Are they doing it because they're high? Is there actually something there? I mean, it's a good question that they need to ask. Yeah, I think for me, it was the, were they paranoid the whole time? <laughs> like, that really kept me going. Because they'd have all these, like, horror, horror things happen, right? But then suddenly they disappear and both characters would be like, what's going on? And at the beginning of the comic, they smoke space pot, right? So, like, were they just freaking out, but, like, it wasn't actually there? Or is there this being on board that's messing with them in, like, you know, like, in this creepy way? Um, so that that tension was really, really, really good in this comic. And it's also kind of self-referential, and, you know, it, it's it does a good job. So... Uh, and I'm a sci-fi fan, so like yeah. I, I liked all the stuff that they set up and in the techno babble that they used, you know. I mean, it had like the it took like the best of a lot of different worlds. It took the best of Alien, took the best of I get honestly like Scream or Candyman again because there's a good mystery. Yeah. Um, and then Cheech it just took the, <laughs> what Cheech and Chung. Yeah, and then took the best of Cheech and Chung exactly. Yeah. And that you got the stoner comedy going on too. So I mean, it hits. Like it, it tries to connect three different stars, and I would say it succeeds actually by connecting three different stars. Yeah. Okay. So, Eric, on a scale between being on a space truck, right, and getting hit by an asteroid that sends you just 10 degrees off course, but now you're hurling through space um, and you've lost Wi Fi. And you'll get it rescued eventually, but you don't know when. Two, you are on a space cruise ship and you are in the Pentium suite and that cruise ship has gone off course, but you'll never run out of food or entertainment or money. And and the people who are working for this ship are cool with it. <laughs> What do you think? I think both those like are <laughs> bad. 
No, they're not. Give me a good one. Well, no, the like, cruise ship is like being on a on vacation ex, forever. Ex, a rich prison still a prison. No, it's not prison. You're on vacation forever. Okay, I'm on vacation forever is what you're trying to say. In um, space. In space. And you'll never be rescued. I'll never be rescued. I'll never see my loved ones again. What happens if I just went Your by loved myself? ones are with you. You're on vacation. But, okay. What about are my you cat? Saying you don't I got a cat. Them. What about my cat? I have a cat. Your cat Did I take the with cat you with because you're a rich person. Okay. Rich people do whatever they want. Except for getting rescued, apparently. They can't get rescued. You're in space. They can never turn around. The engines don't go that way. You would run out of fuel before you were able to turn around. Okay. But then why do they keep on going forward? You're just letting me die. What? So they're saying they're just going to let me die is the point? They're not. You're not going to. No, they're going to let you vacation for the rest of your life. So, okay. You could just refer it as you have a vacation for the rest of your life. Not you're hurtling in space and will never get rescued. That's a negative connotation. And I can't, and I'm not getting past that. But I want you to think about the existential dread in both yeah, situations. I would like I would honestly be going crazy if like never going home, never being free. It's very it's, Swedish because I, I feel like it's a very northern European thing to be like, you have this luxury cruise forever vacation. But also, you're gonna die. <laughs> it's like that it reminds me of Wally, where like every single person dies. You it know. reminds me of the Wally space. It reminds me of Wally, where like they're all in space, but they can never go back to Earth. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But they're happy. No, they choose to go back to Earth despite that. They because they'd rather do that than anything else. Well, that is your good one, and I'm not giving you another one. Fine. <laughs> I would call, I would say it's um, driving from nine to five. Yeah, it's it's good, it's busy, but you know you're going to get home at the end of the day, which is the big thing. In space? In space. Right, because everything has to be space. Right, it's, yeah, you're, drive, you're, you're driving from nine, you, you drive from nine to five to get to like get see your vacation. You're visiting your aunt on the, on the distant moon of of venus venus is a planet <laughs> the moon of venus as i said which one is which moon i don't remember i don't know the name of the moons the further one and so you're driving from nine to five there's europa and you get, and yeah Zaledus, titan Zaledus, Zaledus, and callisto mimas we'll go with callisto dion Amalthea, Al Albiorix, okay. Stefano. I don't care anymore. Anthe, are these all? No, nope. nobody cares. Again, Petite, nobody. Sanguine. So, <laughs> you get a good view. How are these? Not, how many? And you're kind of somewhat busy, but you enjoy yourself and you get to listen to some good tunes along the way. But more. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just googled this. Venus has no moons. Mars is moons. Jupiter has Mars has two moons. Jupiter I'll go to one has of Mars's moons. 79 moons. Yeah, we're not going to Jupiter's moons. We're going to Mars's moons. Okay. Hold on. 
Let me find out which which Mars moon you, you mean. Phobos or Deimos? Deimos. All right, so you're going to Deimos, which is the smaller and outermost of the two natural satellites of Mars. The mean radius being 6.2 kilometers and takes 30.3 hours to orbit Mars. I'm done. It's so you're going, so you're going there leaving. to visit. I'm leaving now. I'm done. This is literally like, I'm not like, this is, I'm done. I'm not getting. I think the question becomes, why is your aunt there? Okay, but I uh, choose I choose the part where I get eaten by aliens because it's better than this hell. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm gonna stop interrupting. So you're driving nine to five to mm -hmm. demo. And that's it. You have it's busy, but you get there, you're free, and you get some good views along the way. That's it. That's it. Well, that's kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than yours, which is like you're in a prison where you can't escape, or you're in a happy prison where you can't escape. I think we're all in prison anyway. So and and none of us can escape. Okay. All right, Keegan. Uh on a scale of having to listen to a guy drudge on and on and on and never listen to you despite you saying something, and no matter what you say, you know he's ignoring you and will never ever 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 <laughs> Ever, ever, ever stop talking to um, learning some new facts that are super interesting only to you and no one else cares. Because, you know, they just might say something. You might not stop talking. Well, I assume and they just could interrupt you and just ignore what you're going to say. I assume that they And no matter what you do, they just exactly, keep on interrupting you and they don't let you finish a sentence. I assume that the interrupting one is a good one. And you're like, why am I doing well, I'm this? I'm just going to go I'm with doing the interrupting this a favor. one. I don't understand why they're interrupting me all the time. Just let me do this. <laughs> uh, well, I have to assume that the interrupting one is a good one. I could go all day because you're in a prison. Created by the fact that you recently said, like, here's a good example of what I'm trying to do and trying to make a good metaphor from the stories you gave, and they're not letting you finish, despite the fact that you gave them solid evidence. Okay, well, I'm gonna give this comic a luxury cruise in space that, that has gone off track, the engines no, have failed. It's not a good thing. Hold on. And, and you're in a room with a friend, a best friend, maybe. You might even say. I might have killed this friend by this point. <laughs> <laughs> Who listens to you and it's lets you speak. Any what? And he lets you speak. Unless okay. you're, you're saying that Venus has moons that it doesn't have. Oh my god, you're yeah, I would have hit the space cabin fever at this point and choke you to death. Okay, well let's let's all just be really thankful that we're not in space with failed engines and off course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh yeah, but this comic was good. It we was comic. Uh so Keegan, 
if our <laughs> listeners want to find us, where can they find us at? DumbComicCreators.com. We're on where Instagram else? at DumbComicCreators. We have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash dumbcomiccreators. We answer emails, dumbcomiccreators at gmail.com. We're always looking for more guests and we're always looking for questions from readers. If you have a question about a comic book or you want to make a comic book, we'd love to have you on just to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We're always doing that stuff. Right, Eric? Right. <laughs> Special thanks to... Um joe and, and jacob yes for coming uh, on for, yep thanks for coming on thanks for giving us a good read once again follow them good talks at the curse comic mm-hmm. and that's cursescomic.com the comic's name is curses uh color issue to be coming out if you're listening to this uh by now you should have two great color comics to listen to to read to read and listen to if someone reads it to you <laughs> yeah yeah eric will you read this comic to me i will read it to you okay good now You're we welcome. have plans yep we do okay great okay. well we great. should hang up so that you can do that yeah we also should think of a good catchphrase but i'm not hopeful i can't even remember what what it was oh our webcams are on and we're making comics. Yeah, which makes no sense. It was dumb and wasted our time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, Eric. I'm sorry I wasn't listening. Hey, Keegan. I'm sorry you weren't listening. <laughs> but Venus has no moves. So I get the fact that. that you just didn't, the, yeah, you're I just didn't making stuff up. I was, that's what I was saying. Well, there's no space travel either. We're not visiting, our, we're not visiting people. But it's a hypothetical people. situation. It's In my un- hypothetical situation, though, it's been so long in the future. A meteor hit Venus forming a moon. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Okay, well. There, we have a moon I, now. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Okay, okay, so let's go back. Let's rewind. Nope, we're done. <laughs> Thanks. Let's rewind. Let's, let's do the rating again. We're done. The rating, <laughs> the rating is death by noose to get out of this hellhole. Okay, right. All right, well, I'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.